All right, so listen, uh, we've been going through uh, several names, uh, titles, if you will, of Jesus Christ. We've so far talked about him as the wonderful counselor and how uh, when we come to know him, uh, he can guide us uh, through his word, through his spirit, and uh, just um, what an incredible, credible gift the Holy Spirit is to us. Uh, as believers in Jesus, and so he is our wonderful counselor. He helps us guide and direct us uh, through the resources he gives us. And then last week was Mighty God, and how Jesus is Mighty God, and how he is God come in the flesh, and nothing is too difficult for him. Nothing is too difficult for him. He is the one who created it all, and he holds it all together. And so... uh, and so, you know, uh, today we're going to talk about uh, Jesus as being the Prince of Peace. And, you know, I, I can't think of, you know, with all that's going on in the world, uh, you know, wars going on and, and, and everything, and just, um, you know, it's, it's not just all that's happening in other countries, but also just, you know, in our own lives. It's, there's uh, people experiencing a lot of stress. Uh, maybe due to illness, maybe stress in relationships, and um, so there's a lot of lack of peace in all different forms. And so um, I can't think of a better time to be talking about Jesus as the Prince of Peace than now. And so uh, let's go to God and let's ask for His help in this time when we worship by looking into the Word. Heavenly Father, we are just. Um, we are concerned with the things that are going on in the world, with wars, and and um, and, and then others just maybe even concerned about uh, what's what's going on in the government or uh, with eco- the economy or their job or their relationships, and um, it can be a very anxious time right now for any one of us. And so, Lord, we just ask this morning, God, would you help us? Help us to trust you. Help us to um, experience the peace that passes understanding, God. Um, and, and so, Lord, we just we pray, God, that as we gather this morning, Lord, we just want to also just remember um, our brothers and sisters or family members that, that um, are really struggling right now with their health. They're battling a sickness and disease. And, God, we just pray. Would you uh, be to them their peace in what they're going through right now? And also, Lord, if it be your will, would you touch their bodies and heal them uh, of whatever it is that ails them? And and, uh, Lord, we just pray also for us, God, help us to lay down the things that are distracting us this morning. Let us, give us the ability, Lord, the to lay things down that are really maybe hindering us from following you or that are distracting us from following you. And, um, Lord, we admit our weakness to you today. We, we need Jesus, no question. And so, Lord, we humbly come to you. Thank you that because of Jesus we can boldly come to the throne of grace and ask all these things. And we ask it in his name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, you know, and by the way, just uh, you probably know this, but you know we we say in Jesus' name, and not as just kind of like, well, that's what you do. 
Um, that's tradition, but you know, it's, it's, it's because of the person behind the name, right? We're coming to God on be, you know, because Jesus has made the way for us to do so. And it's in his mighty name. You think about that mighty God that he's able to do um, beyond, as it says in Ephesians 3.20, beyond all that we ask, think, or even dream of. And so when we take our request to God, we're bringing it to him in Jesus' name. We have access in his name, and it's in his mighty name he can accomplish these things, okay? So just know that. Now, we've been looking at some of uh, the titles of Jesus in Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. Let me uh, look at those again here. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting God, Prince of Peace. Then it says in verse 7, Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end, and on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Now, as we read this, you know, I've just got lots of questions. Um, uh, just more of like, well, what do you mean, Lord, when you're saying of his increase of his government and of peace there will be no end? Um, because, if, you know, you think if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, then why are we not seeing that peace now? And... Um, I think it's very important for us to understand that, you know, Jesus came the first time not to establish, in a sense, world peace, if you will, as is the prayer of many, but, but, but he came so that we could have peace with God, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But you have to realize that, um, you know, Jesus did not come to settle all of that uh, peace on earth here the first time he came. Right, and so, uh, and in fact, that's, this was the issue with uh, many that they did not uh, understand these prophecies that Isaiah laid out. Right, that Jesus would first need to come as the suffering servant, as he is uh, expressed in Isaiah. We see in Isaiah fifty-three uh, just an explanation of how Jesus would suffer on the cross for us and everything, but. But it, it's, it's enough to say right now where we are in the, in the part of the message just to realize that, you know, when we read these, these prophetic words of Isaiah, you know, there is a, these are future, right? When it's this promise of, you know, uh, peace uh, and everything. And really the first way that we're ever going to experience um, peace is in our hearts as we're made right with God through Jesus. And and so, uh, but as we look at, at uh, Jesus being the Prince of Peace, uh, I want to just kind of look at uh, really three things, three aspects of that title, uh, Prince of Peace, okay? And so let's look at the first one here, that Jesus is called the Prince of Peace because of the cross, right? And I've just, you know, alluded to that, uh, but this is really certainly... Uh, one of the most important things when you think of Jesus as the Prince of Peace. Now, uh, let's take a look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 to 22 here, as it speaks of this 
aspect of Jesus' ministry. And the purpose, really, for his first coming, for the, uh, his, the first advent, if you will. For in him, this is speaking of Jesus, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, again, speaking of his deity. And then it says, and through him uh, to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And so, think about that word reconciliation, right? So, if there's a reconciliation needed, then there's a break in a relationship, right? There, that's the presumption. Well, where's the break in the relationship? The break is in the relationship is between us and God. We're born into this world with sin, and uh, this happened back in the garden with Adam and Eve, this sin nature that we inherited then ever since. And so uh, this has caused a separation between us and God. Um, and so this is, uh, think about it on human terms, right? When you are at odds with someone, there needs to be a reconciliation, or there, there should be. You should want to be at peace uh, with one another, with your family, with your friends. And, um, but there has to be a reconciliation. And so Jesus, and God taking the initiative through his son Jesus, made a way that we could be reconciled to God, that we could be made right with him. And so it says here in verse 20 again, and through him, so through Jesus... Uh, God was making a way to reconcile to himself all things, uh, whether heaven or on earth, making peace by the blood of his cross. So what happened at the cross of Jesus by his blood that was shed, that is the means by which we are made right with God. Okay? And um, in fact, in Revelation, it talks about how Jesus purchased with his blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. But it was by his blood. And uh, because his blood was shed, and, and you're saying, well, what is that about, the shedding of blood? Why, why would that be needed? And, and it says in the Old Testament that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so there needed to be a sacrifice made for our atonement, to atone for our sins. Either we would have to pay the penalty ourselves by our lives um, and through our death and then eternal punishment, or we would uh, accept, if you would accept, Jesus' substitutionary payment, him going to the cross for us. And uh, so that's, you know, uh, option one or option two, right? You, either you pay the price, the penalty, or you accept Jesus' payment for our sins. And this is what this is talking about here in Colossians, is that Jesus was making a way to have, we could have peace with God through his blood that he shed. And so uh, it really is a choice. And as we look at verse 21, it says, and you, now it's getting personal, right? Before this, it was all kind of like, oh, this is a nice, this is a nice idea, you know, that we have this option of putting our faith in, or someone has an option to put their faith in Jesus, right, and, and be reconciled to God. It's now he's saying, and you who once were alienated 
and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. And this is an amazing thing, but we have to see that this is something that we must personally do, right? That just because Jesus went to the cross, just because he was shed his blood for our sins does not mean that we immediately uh, and automatically uh, receive forgiveness and are made right with God. No, what has to happen is we must believe it. We must believe that this truly is God's plan of redemption and reconciliation, and that we must truly believe that we individually need forgiveness and have been separated from God. In other words, we have to believe what God says about us, okay? Um, It really does, you know, if you want to be healed of any problem in your life or any issue, you have to come to get a a true understanding of reality, right? Um, You know, and and some of the best counselors I know are able to get to the root issue, right, of what the problem is. And, And Jesus, what he was doing on the cross is really getting to the root of our issue uh, that we need uh, fixed, and that is a broken relationship with God. And so, uh, you know, it it is interesting to note, though, that, you know, so um, when we don't understand that that's the root cause, then we can try to kind of look to uh, work on like, uh, what would you call it? Symptoms. We kind of work on the symptoms that come. And so, you know, sometimes uh, when we're misguided um, or the world is misguided or ourselves, we look to say, well, what does need? Money would be, if money would solve the problems and make peace really uh, a reality in my life or maybe in, 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 uh, in our city or in our town or in our, you know, just need more money. Um. Uh, or maybe, you know, regulating things. Uh, I'm not getting political here. I'm just simply saying this is the ways that, man, we try to solve problems. Regulation, money, um, reform. And, and by the way, there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with regulation or, or reform. But, you know, the problem <laughs> that's facing everyone and the world, the root problem is sin. This is it, you know. And so that's the root of it. And Jesus came to solve that problem, right? And, 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 and there, yes, money helps things. It, it, it does help solve real problems. But the thing is, is we're really not going to, we're definitely not going to experience peace with God and ultimately peace with one another unless we get and understand that our real problem is in the mirror, Okay? It's in the mirror. It's, it's us. It's we have a sin problem, and, and this is what Jesus came to do. This is why he came to the earth. This is why we should be shouting from the mountaintops, right? Go tell it on the mountain, right? That Jesus Christ is born because he is the Savior. He is the one who has come to save us from our sins. He is the one come to reconcile us to God so that we could really experience a, a, a living relationship with the God who created us. This is, this is why he came. Right? This, is, 
This is what the prophet Isaiah is talking about when he is the prince of peace, right? And one of the aspects here is this, that he is what he's, he's called the prince of peace because of what he did at the cross. He made a way that we could be at peace with God. He made a way that we could be at peace with God. And so, um, so just realize that, you know, um, no matter how we try to treat the symptoms of a lack of peace, that we need to make sure we've dealt with the root of uh, our, our, uh, the, the lack of peace in our relationships, right? Because when you have Jesus Christ at the center of your life, right, then, then what can happen then is um, you get his spirit, as we've talked about. Well, what happens with the spirit? When you're walking in the spirit, it says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, right? And then it goes on. But peace is a fruit of the Spirit, right? But you don't get access to that until you have peace with God. That's the very first thing. It's, like, it's kind of like, you know, like it said in the Monopoly game, right? Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Don't, don't even, you know, the other stuff's just going to be a Band-Aid until you deal with that. So I really encourage you this morning, you know, do you, do you know for sure you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? I was uh, somewhat surprised um, when we had our 30th anniversary party and someone got up and shared. Um, it just kind of shows my memory is fading somewhat uh, because Don Dowd got up and shared. Greg told me, on one of his follow-up visits from the membership class that he didn't think I was saved. Which, which as I, I mean, that she brought that up, I, I, you know, it is true. I think I did, you know, because based on what she was telling me, I'm like, I don't, you know, I think you know, you're a good person, you know, like in terms of you, you, you want to do good, and, and I think your, your heart's, you know, in the right place. But the thing is, is that, you know, it, it, uh, those things don't make you right with God. You have to you have to uh, reach out and receive the gift that Jesus offers you, and so and um, I don't remember if we prayed that day, or I don't remember if I said, well, you know, if this is what you want, you know, and you can either pray with me now, or you just tell God sometime today, but don't don't let the day go without it. And so um, I, I bring up that story because I I just don't want anyone here or who's watching or listening or whatever to this message, to, to go away and not have that confidence before God. If you, really, if you really know in your heart that you have sinned, that you're a sinner, right? You've done things that, you know, we, and we, that's what the Bible says, is that the reality is we have done things that are not within the God's will, His desire, His heart. We've strayed. We've all done that, really, is what the Bible says. So the thing is, is will you acknowledge that before God? And then will you just reach out and just through, just in your heart right now, you can just say, God, I want what Pastor Greg is talking about. I want to be forgiven, and I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want to have peace with God. You just tell him that. I mean, there's not a magical language, okay? Um, you don't... You know, God doesn't speak in King James necessarily, okay? That's, you know, that's some people, they have trouble with prayer because they're like, I don't know if I was saying it right. 
in your heart, if you're expressing the gist of what I've said and what God says, that's all you need to do. But Jesus Christ is the only way to have peace with God, okay? God hasn't made other ways. He has not made other This is Jesus this is the way, okay? And he's, God loves you so much. I mean, he, he went to great lengths. I mean, th- think about this plan. <laughs> um, if you read Ephesians 1, it says, before the foundation of the world, he had this plan. Think about that. Think about that as a believer now. I'm like, God had, you know, and think about this kind of personally. God had me in mind before he even created the world. He had set his affections on me before the foundation of the world. God has demonstrated that love for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And please don't let that day today go by if you have not put your faith in him, Okay. Just say yes to Jesus. It'll be the best decision you ever made in your life. You'll have peace with God. And so, so just realize that, right? Uh, um, uh, someone said, I read this. I think it was Nancy Lee DeMoss Wolgamuth is her name now. Uh, she said, you can't have peace with God unless the Prince of Peace, Jesus, is ruling over your heart. And that's, amen. That's what the Bible says. Right, so um, this is this is, uh, and if you if you didn't get it, here's another great scripture that really nails this idea that Jesus is called the Prince of Peace because of the cross. It's in Romans chapter five, verse one. Um, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um. So this justification, it's almost like a legal thing, right? Think about it. It's, a, it's like a legal term. And, um, but, but the idea here is that it's through your faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross for our sins that makes you right with God. It's through that faith alone. It's not, it's not good works. It's not being a good person. It's, it's, it's none of that, Right? In fact, the Bible's very clear about it's not by works that we're saved, not by good deeds. The deeds follow, okay? But they're, 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 they, it's not what makes us right with God. And so, so, so just please, you know, this, this is the verse just kind of explains again that we have peace with God through Jesus Christ, okay? Now, secondly, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace because he's always present with his followers. He's always present with his followers. In other words, his comforting presence is with us. And, oh man, there are so many verses that speak of God's promised presence with us. I mean, just think about um, as we sang that song, and people seem to be very engaged with that song, Emmanuel. God is with us, right? He came down in, in, in his son, Jesus Christ, right? Uh, God come in the flesh, but but it's it's more than that, right? Is that all of his followers, uh, you know, have a his promised presence? Now let's take a look here um, in Matthew chapter twenty eight. Now this this verse occurs here right as Jesus is departing this earth, you know, after the resurrection and so on, and he's giving these, you know. 
um, exhortation to his followers and saying to go and make disciples. He's like, you know, you go preach the good news of the gospel and you make disciples. And uh, you teach them all, he says, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And that's a good word, right? Just to remember that we should be all about as believers, we learning what Jesus taught and, and how we ought to live our lives now that we know God, now that we have a right relationship with through Jesus. But listen to what he says. And behold, this is Jesus speaking, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm with you always. He, what happens right after this word? He ascends to God the Father, right? The ascension of Jesus. And, and he's not physically going to be there, but, he's, but he makes this promise, but I'm with you. I'm with you to the end of the age. Well, he's with us by the power of his Spirit, right? And as you read in the book of Acts, and as the Holy Spirit is poured out upon the church, and then ever since that time, anytime someone puts their faith in Jesus, they receive, as it says in Ephesians 1.13, the guarantee uh, of their inheritance, which is the Holy Spirit. He, he's called the guarantee of our inheritance, that inheritance is, among many things, is heaven, okay? Because when you know Jesus, you inherit heaven, all right? And that just should just blow your mind, right? Because you don't, we don't deserve it, but he's accomplished it, and he has made, you know, Jesus is, he's gone away, and he's preparing, it, it really says, a place for us. He's preparing a place for us. And so, so here is the promise. Jesus says, I'm going to be with you in a very special way. John 14, 27. Now, this is in uh, the upper room discourse here. Jesus is, he knows he's going to be facing the cross. He knows what's coming. And yet he takes the time to sit down uh, with the disciples and tell them, you know, what's going to be happening. And he's got some He's trying to give them some comforting words, knowing what all the suffering he's going to be going through. And he says, um, actually, you know what? Let me read the few verses before this. Uh, let me just go there. So John 14. So he says, um, verse 25, says, These things I have spoken to me, to you while I am still with you. Verse 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Think about how, that, how important that was for these men who would write the Gospels that the Holy Spirit bringing to mind all that he said. Okay, that's, that's important. And it says, he says, all that I've said to you, verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. In other words, the peace I, he's talking about at that time is not like world peace as we would think of it. It's, you know, peace between you and God, 
peace that is uh, regardless of our circumstances. This is the peace he is talking about. He says, uh, peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Why is he saying that? Verse 28, because he says, you heard me say, I'm going away and I will come to you. You see, he's saying, listen, I know you're going to, you know, you're going to miss me, right? I'm going to go away, but, but don't be afraid. Don't worry. And, he, and this is why he's saying this. This is why he's saying, uh, I, I, I'm going to give, I'll give you the peace that you need. Right? And this is, the, this is very important for us to realize that Jesus promises the believer that the peace that surpasses understanding is available to any one of us at any time. We can receive from God the comfort that we need. He mentioned the Holy Spirit again here in John 14, right? The helper, the helper. So, so important. Um, Shortly after I became a a believer back in uh, the early 1980s, um, I remember, so um, we would memorize these little uh, scripture packets that the Navigator's Ministry had, a scripture memory, something. Topical memory system, the TMS, that's it, thank you. Topical memory system, right? And uh, it was a little pack of cards about yay big, and one of the verses was this. And I remember this having just a really profound impact on my life, this particular promise. And it's about peace. And so I just hope that uh, maybe it's been a while since you've been to Isaiah 26. Um, Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, listen to this. It says, you keep, in, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. You is talking, to the, it's talking about the Lord. So if you will, he, he keeps him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Before we go on to that verse, I just want to say uh, my understanding is in the Hebrew there, uh, it's, it, 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 the, the word perfect is not there. What it does say is uh, peace, peace. It says shalom, shalom. Peace, peace. So if you want to, in Hebrew, if you want to emphasize something, you repeat it. So this is why it says, you know, in English, I think to get the emphasis there, he's saying perfect peace. Peace, peace. Real peace. Okay? So he's saying um, the Lord keeps the person experiencing his perfect peace because his mind is stayed on him, is fixed on him. And so you see, as believers in Jesus, we have a relationship with God through Jesus. How we experience this peace is we've got to make sure we keep looking to him, right? We, we keep focused on the Lord. We keep, uh, in a sense, we kind of want to lean on him. That's, that's what we want to do emotionally, mentally. We've got to rely on God. And when, when we know that the one whom we're relying on, who we're staying focused on, uh, is in control of everything, whether it appears to your eye or not, 
then there could be great peace that can be experienced when you know God is in control. Okay. He is, nothing slips by God. He didn't fumble the ball in your life. Okay? He's using everything in your life for his glory. There are no accidents. Okay? And so when you know that, and things around you are just look like, man, you know, a bomb went off. You can, by the grace of God, we can experience His presence of peace. It doesn't mean that you won't have concerns. It doesn't mean that you won't struggle, you know, in the fight for peace, okay? Because, you know, it is sometimes a fight between our flesh and keeping our eyes on the Lord. But this is what the psalmist, or excuse me, what Isaiah is telling us, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, fixed on you, because he trusts in you. You know, so we, you, have, you have to kind of settle in your mind as a believer that God can be trusted with your health, with everything, right? He can be trusted. With all things. And so this is, you know, you have to settle this in your mind. Now, yeah, you may wonder what God is up to. And uh, sometimes we don't know till after the events have passed. Sometimes we never know. But the thing is, is that we can trust God. In fact, it says there in verse 4 of Isaiah 26 Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. In other words, He's worthy of your trust. He is the one solid thing, the one who will never change. Hey, people will come and go in your life. Good friends, um, family. Um, you know, but God is the one constant of a believer. The one constant. The one in whom you can trust Um, you know, as it said back in the previous verse, um, take a look at that. It says, um, whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. And when I, when I think about trusting in God, I also just think about, and, and I think you would probably think about taking him at his word, right? believing what he says, and really standing on it believing what he has said, right? Um, so in Psalm, I don't have this up on the screen here, but, but uh, if you have your Bible, you can take a look in Psalm 119, or write, it, write this down, you can look it up later. Psalm 119, verse 165. Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace have those who love your law. Great peace have those who love your law. In other words, you know, if my life is anchored in God's Word and I know what His Word says and I can definitely, I can bank on His promises and what He says about who He is and that He is trustworthy, and whatever it might be, we can trust Him. It says nothing can make them stumble. Because if you're anchored in God and in His Word, 
You know, the storm can be raging all around you. But yet you can remain anchored in Jesus. Think about Jesus himself. I mean, wasn't he this the the ultimate example and and the I'm talking about in his humanity when he was on the earth, nothing rocked his world. <laughs> he he didn't freak out. He didn't have freak out moments. Think about think about the the, the boat when he was when he was out on the, the waters and the storm came up, he was asleep in the boat. And these experienced fishermen were freaking out. And you know it's bad if experienced fishermen are freaking out. You should probably freak out. If the fishermen are freaking out, you should be freaking out. And Jesus is asleep in the boat. Did not face him. In fact, you know, of course, we know, you know, one of the purposes behind that situation is to show that, you know, he is... He's the Lord over nature and every, over everything of, of all these things. And he spoke to the storm and it stopped. You see, and, and he didn't freak out at the wedding at Cana when, when uh, you know, his mother comes to him and says, you know, that they ran out of wine. Our friends have run out of wine. This, you know, this is, you know, this is a, 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 a face-saving kind of thing. In this culture, for sure. You don't want to run out of wine at the wedding. You're going to look real bad. Right? That didn't faze him. He provided. So just, I'm just thinking about, you know, he's the one that's with us through the, via the Holy Spirit. And when we have him and we trust him, he is rock solid. He, he knows what's going on. Nothing surprises him. Jesus is not freaking out about what's going on in your life. Because he's got you. Okay, he's got you. He will help you weather the storm. Okay, he is he is enough. He's enough for us. Now, I've been around long enough now. Been a pastor long enough that I've walked through some pretty tough times with people that were on their deathbed. And um, and this um, you know, these are some powerful words here in Psalm 23 for anyone who's facing um, a life-threatening situation. Uh, because if you're a believer, um, I mean, Psalm 23 is, is, is you know, you don't, obviously you don't need to be dying to benefit from all this, but particularly verse 4 of Psalm 23, I think is, is this something for anyone who's a believer who, who the, 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 you know, they're facing death says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Well, why is that? Why, why is he able to say that? I mean, you know, it's, uh, he says, for you are with me. He's like, Lord, you're, you're with me. You're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so, 
you know, I, I really think for the believer to know this and hang on to this, really, we, we look to Jesus and we don't have to be afraid of death. We don't have to be afraid of the life after death because you're, you've been made right with God through Jesus and, and Jesus uh, is there with you in that. One individual I was with, and I, um, uh, before they passed, I remember them clearly saying that Jesus was sitting at the end of the bed. I don't know what everybody experiences, but I'm just saying, you know, and I was a young pastor at the time. I'm just thinking, wow. God comforts us. He knows what you need. But we have to fix our eyes on him. He's with us. We can't forget it. Now, the other thing is that Jesus is called the Prince of Peace because he will bring peace to this earth when he comes again. Okay. Um, now, there are other things that will happen first when he comes again. Judgment. Okay. He will come to judge the living and the dead. And then those who know Christ, who have put their faith in Jesus, then then, uh, they will see what peace really is in the whole world. There will be a new heavens and a new earth, it says. I mean, think about it. In the garden, in Genesis 1 and 2, Adam and Eve, just unhindered fellowship with God. No, no sin. That's the, you know that kind of thing is coming again for the believer. And so you know after the judge judgment of the living and the dead, um, then. We see here in Revelation uh, chapter 21, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first earth and the first heaven had passed away, and the sea was no more. This will be interesting. Let's try to imagine that. New heavens and new earth, the sea will be no more. It says, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, from God. And it says, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Like I said, we, I think at that moment, you know, as believers, we will not... We've never known what unhindered walk with God is. We will know then. Because we won't have, you know, the sin battles we have now in our flesh. It's all gone, right? 
The dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. That will be a day. I mean, you know, you know we, we have people in our church that have chronic pain. That day no more. No more. Verse 5, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And thank God we have these words in the book of Revelation. And so just we, we just need to see, you know, the peace on earth, as people normally think, is not coming till after Christ comes again and will come after judgment. Okay? He will judge the world. Okay? And so... This is what we have to look forward to. This is what is coming. Uh, it, it just, just to remember this. And we, have to, we have to hang on to that because, you know, you, you have to. It, it's so wonderful, you know, when you, um, it, it's, well, this time of year, a lot of people, they watch, re-watch movies they've seen, like Christmas movies. Mine is Jingle All the Way, okay? <laughs> it is a Christmas classic. Okay, now don't, you know, I don't put a disclaimer. There are some things in there that I'm sure are not God-honoring, but I know, I know how it ends and everything, and it looks really bad for Arnold Schwarzenegger's marriage and everything, right? And his relationship with his son, right? So I know, but I know how it's going to end because I've seen it before, right? And so you just think about that with the book of Revelation. We know how it's going to end, right? And so no matter how bad it gets... We know how it ends. And even in knowing that is great peace. Knowing that, okay? All right. So, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, called the Prince of Peace because of the cross. He's the Prince of Peace because uh, he's present with his followers at all times. We can receive his comfort 24-7 through the Helper. Holy Spirit, right? And he is called the Prince of Peace ultimately because he will bring peace to the earth when he comes again. And let us hold fast to these things. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus and what's to come. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we look to you. Lord, help us as followers of Jesus we you know we put our faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins we're, we've we've been we then we've been reconciled to you and and lord we just thank you for the gift of your spirit in us father let us not look around at the circumstances of our lives and, and, and some of them are very painful emotionally physically, in various ways. Lord, we look to you. 
Lord, would you, would you be our comfort? Would you be our peace right now? Even as your word says in Philippians that as we, as we take our request to you, as we lay our prayer requests before you, the things that are going on around us that, that are maybe rocking our world, Lord, you promise as we take those to you and lay them at your feet that you promise that we will experience your peace. God, any, anyone today that's lacking your peace, Lord, that, that knows you, and they're one of your children, Lord, I pray that, that you would let them experience that they would, they would lean on you and trust you with all the outcomes, all the unknowns in their life. And know that you have them in your hand. Lord, let us build our lives upon the truth of your word. As we saw in Psalm 119, great peace have those who love your law. God, let us us live our lives according to your word. Not because it makes us right with you, but because there is great peace in doing that. Lord, again, just any one of us here today who is not sure if they're at peace with you, not sure if they have a relationship with you, Lord, I pray that today they would trust Christ as Savior and ask Jesus to forgive them and come into their life, that you could be their peace, not only to make peace with God the Father, but You'd be there minute by minute peace. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.